Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. Hey, it's our show. We're talking about offsets versus revolving credits. Now, this is still one of the most requested topics that people ask about, even though we've talked about offsets and revolving credits a lot on this show. And the reason is, I don't think there's a lot of education about them online. And so that's okay. We'll fill that space. Now, the truth is there is not a major, major difference between offset and revolving credits. There are some technical differences, which we will go through. But Andrew, what are revolving credits and offset accounts? So they're quite similar to each other. They're both ways to save interest on your mortgage, but they do operate a little bit differently. So with both types, you have a portion of your home loan on a floating interest rate. And then if you've got spare surplus cash, you can save money on the interest that you're going to pay on your mortgage. And we'll go through some examples in a minute. Okay, so what are the differences between revolving credits and offsets? Okay, so it comes down to how they're set up. Now, revolving credits, I think the best way to understand this is it's like a big overdraft, but at a home loan rate rather than an overdraft rate. One of the big differences here is it's just one account. So you've got one account and let's say it's got a $100,000 revolving credit limit and you're fully maxed out because you've drawn that part down of your mortgage. Now, if you've got an extra 30K because you just sold a car, then you put that 30K into that account and you'll only pay interest on 70K because now you only owe 70K. But you can take that 30K out at any time, just like an overdraft. So if you need to buy a new car, you take that money back out in six months' time when you buy a new car, but you've saved interest on 30K of your mortgage in the meantime. Now, again, one of the major differences here is it's just one account and you've got to pull all your savings into that account if you want to get the benefit of the interest offsetting. Now, with offset accounts, you've just got a normal table loan. So you've got a normal loan that you're paying that's on floating, but then in your transaction accounts, you can have up to 10 accounts usually with most banks, where they get grouped together and any money in those accounts cancels out any interest that you're going to pay. So again, I'll use an example of a 100K facility. You've got a 100K floating loan, and then you might have 20K in your holiday account, and you might have 10K in your rainy day fund, and you might have 5K in your personal account. Now that totals up to $35,000. So the interest that you're going to pay on your mortgage is as if you've got a $65,000 mortgage. And the good news of both of these cases is you might have money saved away anyway, but you could temporarily use that money to save on a bit of interest. And I'll I'll tell you a really interesting story that one of our mortgage advisors, Jason from Opus Mortgages recently did. This is going to blow your mind, Andrew. So he's been setting up some offset accounts for an investor and she has got her loan, you know, happily there. Her mother has some money because she's just sold a house and she is going to keep that money in her account, but they are going to use mum's money to save interest on the daughter's loan but they are using an offset account. And so mum's still got the money in her bank account, but it saves on the daughter's interest. So that's a really interesting case where an offset account, and we'll dig more into this, can really help you save a bit of interest. Now, let's talk Is mum getting paid for that? I don't think so. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Mum's doing it out of the goodness of her heart. Now, who are these a really good fit for? I think property investors, definitely. Because if you're having to top up your mortgage, you are likely putting you know, a couple of hundred bucks away at the moment. But not all of that money that you're putting away is used straight away. So I'm putting money every week into an account and some of that will go for my rates or some of that will go for my body corp or some of that will go for insurance or accounting, whatever it happens to be. 
And so often as a property investor, if you're topping up a property, some money will start to build up in your account. And you might need to spend that in three months' time when the rates bill comes in or when the body court bill comes in, but you can temporarily use that money to save a wee bit of interest. In other cases, um, homeowners who don't spend everything they earn, <laughs> this could be a massive help for you because you might be saving up for a holiday or you might already have a rainy day fund. Well, rather than that money just sitting in there in your accounts, not earning interest or earning a very, very small amount of interest, that can help you save some interest on your mortgage. And if your interest rate's 7%, that is a really, really good return on your money. Business owners as well. So you might have some dividends come through. I just had some dividends come through. That's awesome. I'm going to use that to save for a house deposit. But in the meantime, I'm going to use that money to save me some interest on my investment properties. And it'd be the same if you had any other kind of big amounts of money come through. For instance, if it's an inheritance or you're saving a deposit for a holiday home or you're saving money to move into a larger home, anytime you've got spare cash, and you want to keep it liquid because you want to spend it on something within the next year or so, putting it in an offset, putting it into a revolving credit, that's a really good use of your money because you might save 7% on interest at the moment. And remember, that's kind of an after-tax return. Because there's no tax on it. Savings. Because you're saving rather than paying tax. So the return on putting that money in an offset or revolving credit is really high. Now, Andrew, really important to recognise you can't get an offset account from every bank. So which banks offer revolving credits? Which banks offer offsets? Well, the good thing is revolving credit is available with all your major banks. Now, you can't get them from non-bank lenders, generally speaking, but offsets are specific to just some banks. So BNZ, Kiwi Bank, and Westpac all have offset facilities. Some of them have different rules in terms of non-related parties. So that example that you gave before of mum offsetting the kids, I don't think you can do that with every bank. But that I, was at BNZ. Yeah, but I think you can do it at BNZ, for example. But interestingly enough, only Westpac will do an offset with an LTC or a trust. So again, if you've got a company that owns your rental properties or a trust that owns your rental properties and you want to use an offset, well, you can't do that at BNZ. So this is where it's really important to talk to a mortgage advisor about who the right fit might be if you want to have one of these products. And of course, that's just today. In a year's time, that might change as well. ANZ might decide they want to start doing offsets and, and do that. So you want to get your latest information from an advisor. Now, who should use an offset and who should use a revolving credit? Because I know that people get quite funny about how they specifically like to manage their money. Yeah, it really comes down to how you operate your money. But obviously, if your bank doesn't have an offset facility, so say you're with ASB, then if you don't want to change banks, you have to use a revolving credit if you want to have this type of facility in place. Offsets work really well for people who split their money into different buckets. So if you've got a holiday fund and then a rainy day fund and the children's education fund, then it's probably better to use an offset facility than a revolving credit where it's all going to be in one pot. That's right, because then you can actually log into your internet banking and you can see your 10k for kids' education or your 5k from the holiday and you can see it all split out. If you put it into a revolving credit, it's just one big bucket. But also you've got to be conscious of the fact that with an offset mortgage, you're still going to be making the same repayment. So if your payment's $1,000 a fortnight at the moment on a principal and interest term, and you've still got all these facilities offsetting, even if your mortgage is fully offset, you're still making that $1,000 a fortnight payment. So if you're wanting to improve your cash flow, 
then you're better off using a revolving credit facility. Yeah, this is a really important con and one that probably doesn't get enough space online when you're reading about the pros and cons of offsets. So let's just dig a little more into that because we actually had a podcast list, a long-term listener of the show, messaged and said, oh, what's this? I've got an offset with BNZ. And so I've put all of this money in and I'm saving on interest. Well, if I'm saving on interest, shouldn't my mortgage payment go down? No, it doesn't. So as Andrew is saying, if you're paying $500 or $1,000 a week, if you start saving on interest because you put money into your offset, your mortgage repayment stays the same. Now, more of that mortgage repayment will go to paying down the principal. So you are getting ahead and you are saving on interest. But as he said, your mortgage repayment stays the same. With a revolving credit, your mortgage repayment will start going down. But just coming back to the pros, I remember sitting in on a meeting with an investor and one of our financial advisors. And there are some people, mortgage advisors out there, who really sell this idea of a revolving credit. And I remember this investor saying, well, no, I was saying to that financial advisor, that's not how I like to do it. My brain works by having separate accounts for all of these separate things. And I don't want to see that all in one pot. Like if I use a revolving credit, all of the money goes into one bucket. That's not how my brain works. I want it split out so I can see what each of my money is doing. And I tell you what, I'm the same. I know Andrew's different. You don't care, do you? So with my investment, I prefer offset because I just like that money that I've got in there temporarily. I like interest only on my investments, but I still want to save interest when I've got extra cash there. For my personal, I use a revolving credit. I want to see that debt gone. Okay, that's really interesting. One thing with revolving credits that I know some people come up against is a bit of a psychological difference as well. Yeah, which is exactly that. So if you've got 20 or 30K in cash and you're using an offset account, you're more likely to see it as cash. Hey, I've got 20, 30 grand in my bank. You feel then, good, you feel yeah, rich. And then you see your jet ski and think, well, I've got 30K, why not? And then you spend it. Whereas with a revolving credit, well, you still owe 70. So yes, you've got a head, but you think, well, I've still got a 70k mortgage. I can't really be taking that back out to 100 because it's more debt. Both are exactly the same, but psychologically, we're less likely to spend that money in a revolving credit. Oh, that's interesting. I look at it a different way. If I was in that situation, I would rather see the money as cash as opposed to seeing it as debt. So if you log into your bank account and you've got a revolving credit, and we'll use your example, Andrew, it's a 100k limit and you've got 30k cash in there, I'd log in there and be like, oh, God, it's so depressing. I've got, I owe 70K. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if I go in, well, I want to feel better about myself, don't oh, I? Oh, so you want to I feel want to good see, about yourself. You I want, want to feel rich. The, I want to see the 30K in cash. Oh, look at me. I've done such a good job. I've <laughs> saved up 30K in cash. Oh, gotcha. Do you see? Yeah, and no. I know that for some people, that's the way they like to think. Maybe some people are a little bit like Andrew, and you want to make yourself feel poor so that you don't go and buy the jet ski. The other thing you've got to remember is there might be tax implications. So with this interest deductibility rule that came in, if you use a revolving credit and you pay down your debt on your investment property, half a million dollars because you won lotto, then you take it back out because you want to go buy a new house for yourself, that's not tax deductible debt anymore. Whereas with an offset mortgage, you have your, your 500k in the bank and then you take it back out to buy a new house, well, that's still deductible. Yeah, I, I'm very happy that that little anomaly is going to go away there yes. shortly as well. Now, all up, which do you prefer? Revolving credit for my personal, offset for my investments. Yeah, I love the offsets. That's that's personally the way I, I like to go as well. But having said that, if I was with ASB or ANZ, a couple of the banks that don't offer offset facilities, that wouldn't make me cry and decide not to use them. 
ultimately, I would go to the bank that has the best interest rate or, more importantly, is willing to offer me the money to buy my next property rather than say, well, no, I'm going to limit myself to go to BNZ, Kiwi Bank or Westpac because those are the ones that have offsets and I absolutely want an offset. Remember, if you were going to be split banking, then you need to be playing all of the banks off each other. You need to be open to using any of the banks. So whether they have offset or revolving credit, that's probably quite low on my priority list when it comes to picking a bank who's going to give me money. Now, having said that, I do prefer offset accounts. So that's why I'm very happy that some of my mortgages are with Westpac. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really helps us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.